We are recording. Well, uh, Fifi. Yes. Welcome to podcast number, what is it, seven? Seven, the fifth interview. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, guest that's coming on. But first, we're going to do a little twin production. Yeah, we decided to mix it up a bit. We've been listening to other podcasts and, uh, you know, we've been inspired. Very, very inspired. Some of them have music. Some have a theme song. Some of them are produced. Yes. Interesting to us. Uh-huh. And uh, so, let's see. We're what, going what, to what else do they have? They have sponsors. They have sponsors, Fifi. Um, yeah, we should talk about... We would love to have a sponsor on our show. We've uh, Our overhead is increasing. You know, the more... You know, we used to just share one microphone, and uh, now we have uh, upwards of uh, three. Three microphones, and uh, even we have headphones on our ears. So we can. Uh, so it does not take me uh, ten uh, weeks to edit. Uh, because of levels. Or yeah, people can keep track of how they actually sound. Interesting, or how? M- this is all be- behind the scenes. Uh, you know, fairly exclusive information. Mm-hmm. If you want to do your own podcast, you know. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, you know, it's some background. Maybe we you can relate to us now and you want to be a part of this uh, I mean we're we're headed straight to the top that's true so you probably want to get on the ground floor because let's be honest uh, we have two great microphones and one not so great microphone (laughs) well it's great if you're on stage it's a cordless microphone but uh, you know what let's make a goal we want to uh, get another microphone we need a sponsor for that yes so anyone interested in sponsoring the Slapboost show um, we are now uh, we're on Earwolf now. Yes. Uh, very proud to be uh, there. You can go into Earwolf, and I think it's you, your cast, and we are right, right at the bottom. We're at the very bottom, very all by ourselves. Bottom. Unless someone else has signed up since we did, we are, we stick out. You know, they had even number of uh, podcasts, and we f that up royally. <laughs> now we're, we're easier to find that way. Yes. Uh, we also have a new Twitter. It's a we do. at Poobel Twins. And you know how to spell Poobel, of course. Yes, no the, just at Poobel Twins. And we, uh, I think uh, we could use some more followers. You know, Fifi and uh, Fifi has her own Twitter account and BB, I have my own. No. If everyone could just hop on over from those accounts. Because uh, right now I believe a grand total is 12. It is 12, but I just set it up. So That's good, you know. yes. So, uh, so we have a Twitter. What we'd love you to do is to send us a little message. Or a question, or get in co- contact with us on a Twitter. Mm-hmm. I also put up our email finally on our podcast, which is Poubel, uh, I believe it's Poubel underscore twins at diffy.net. And we already get some questions. Yeah. We already have some questions. It feels good because we do the podcast out into the ether and. No response. It's nice, nice to, it's nice to hear back, to know that people are listening. Do you want to see what the, some of these questions are? Of course. We've got a couple. Uh, this one's specifically for twins. It's from Brenner, and it says, Would one of you take the heat for the other in a sting? Would the guilty one let her do it? Now, what's the answer to that question? Would one twin cover for the other one? Yes, if he, if we are in a sting operation. <laughs> so somebody <laughs> has um, fingered us for a crime? Yes. One, one of us has committed a crime. Exactly. This all reminds me of uh, the time that you uh, were caught shoplifting. Oh, from uh, from Shopee? From Shopee, yes. From many, many years ago. I stayed home. I had... This is going to answer a second question, which is the ESP question. You uh, announced... You, you were a teenager at the time. Mm-hmm. You announced that Back you're going... in Santa Chen, Where? little town. <laughs> you Everybody know everyone else. <laughs> you announced to me that you're going Shopee, shoplifting with your friends. I 
stay home. I announced it. You told me. I knew that what you're doing. Okay. I stay home. Had a bad feeling. Uh, strangely, a time that you would have been home comes comes and goes. Twin is not home. Through my ESP, I feel in my heart of hearts that you've been caught for shoplifting. <laughs> and it's true. You got shot for you got caught for shoplifting. And you took the blame for me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if I could have, I would have. But I, I, I tried to. T- I took the beatings from the mo- from mom and dad. Yeah, you took the grounding. You were not. You did not use the telephone. That's right. I did not use a, a pink telephone. What did you get caught shoplifting, Bibi? A lingerie. <laughs> you were planning to put it on and walk out of the store. Well, I did put it on. <laughs> I put on maybe six bras <laughs> and maybe fourteen pairs of. Uh, you know, I have to say. No, <laughs> and it is a bad idea. A very bad well, idea. Well, see, it's a bad idea because nowadays, you know, you don't want to buy. You are what, fifteen years old? Mm, yeah. Fifteen, sixteen. At that time, it wasn't uh, so accepted to for a teenager to go buy lingerie. Uh, nowadays, you go to like Lindell Galleria; they have like mega store for twelve-year-olds to buy thong underwear. So you know the it's the stigma. different. The stigma is different now. You know. Oh, mummy would buy us, you know, like a packets of knickers at like Wita Wheat and uh, you know. Yes, like a six six pack of. Uh, yeah, we cotton. had to share it, and so I wanted something <laughs> a little fancier. We did not share knickers. We sh- we sh- we the packet. the packet. Yes, okay. Uh, now we're going to get some questions that we don't want to answer. So I think that answers that one. Uh, you know, that we'll just do the one question yeah. for today. We have Very a couple of question, Brenna. Yes, thank you, Brenna. Uh, please send us your questions, or you know, drop us a line to tell us what you're thinking of. Yeah, uh, comments and please anybody, anybody just at anybody all. Anybody at all. Yes. Um, we know that we have some uh, younger fans out there. Some. Uh, Young ladies who should not shoplift ever. They should not. But you know, I'd love to hear about uh, about you. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit about what it's like to be fifteen nowadays. Mm-hmm. I really would. So, Bibi, mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, this is fantastic. This technology where we can contact uh, people that we never meet, people from other countries. I know that we have people listening to us from Finland, from. Uh, uh, France, of course, you know, uh, Philippines. Mm-hmm. There's quite a lot of people all over the world that have uh, downloaded podcast. Anybody in England yet? I don't know. Why are you hoping? Yeah. I, I will check on that. Technology is, is fantastic, except for <laughs> once in a while it can be a little bit uh, in your face. You know what I mean? Or, or lack thereof. Yes. Is that too? <laughs> I understand you had an uh, experience this week. I did. I had experience. Uh, actually, it was uh, technology me- meets uh, lack of technology when I was in a Starbucks uh, this week. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking technology-wise, I was thinking what you were able to do. Lack of technology. Yes. Go ahead. I uh, I was uh, sick this week. I spent some time at home and I need a break from uh, our apartment. I go down to local Starbucks with a, uh, you know, with a pad of paper to write uh, some ideas down. Mm-hmm. Quietly sitting in the corner, you know, the sun sh- shining through the window, you know, very comfortable with my cappuccino. So- sounds lovely. It was very sounds wonderful. A relaxing, you know, Tuesday afternoon. It really was. You know, what a gift to be able to spend a few hours just thinking and writing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe 20 minutes into this, uh, a man uh, come by. Uh, to the chair next to me, you know, stuffed chair in mm-hmm. the corner. Comfortable. And uh, yeah. he plopped down. Yes. He reached over and pulled the 
shade down. Oof, I don't like that. Cut off all the sunlight. So I that know, that is the worst. That is probably the worst thing to happen to you that day. Oh, hold on. He then uh, grab two close chairs, drag them over to his chair. Oh, he had some friends joining him. Oh uh, no. Oh. Oh, he um, then push over side table so that he can plug in mm-hmm. his 1976 age typewriter. Oh. It's a giant white, you know, take up the entire chair. That is so charming, baby. He had extracted it from a a cart, like um, my friend calls them old lady carts, you know, like grandmother in New York, you know, uh, wheel her groceries. Like two and a half feet tall. Uh, yeah, big wire metal, cart. Yes. He take the typewriter out of the cart. He then take a briefcase out of the cart. He put it on the other chair. He opened it, put a stack of papers inside. Um, and then he, so he's surrounded by two chairs, big cart, typewriter. He begins to type. And I don't know if anyone will remember what a typewriter sounds like. Uh, even an electric typewriter. I, I think maybe it sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> it sounds like all your piece <laughs> fly out the window. Well, first it has to open the blind so it can get through the window. So no light. <laughs> no light. He's making I'm, a lot of noise. I'm now trapped in a corner by by chairs and a cart. A man who has essentially set up his uh, office. His home office. Not once does he look over at me, acknowledge I'm sitting there, ask if he's, this might bother me. And, you know, I'm just there with a pad of paper. It's clear that I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm uh, doing. As is probably the rest of the Starbucks. You know, well, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so... I try and tune it out as long as I can, and then I realize my only option really is to pop my knees up and set my phone on top of my knees and to film himself surreptitiously. That is uh, that is what I would do. Yeah, that is the obvious thing that you. Could, you well, what else are you going to do? Uh, there's really nothing aside from saying, "Excuse me, sir, could you take your office uh, home where it belongs?" <laughs> but you know, I thought, knowing me, I get more pleasure out of. Um, I get more pleasure out of taking the piss out of him in some ways that I will determine later. So I film him. I'm literally, you know, t- uh, three feet away from him. He does not notice. That's because he is very busy working on his manuscript or his, uh, you know, his next blockbuster film or whatever. Mm-hmm. That you it know. will take him maybe uh, twenty years to write it because he's not going tap 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 tap. He's actually going click. Oh, I'm sorry. Tap. That is click, much more click, annoying. Tap. Yes, <laughs> it's not even yeah like a, like a rhythm that you can tune out. It is no. discordant little you know plucks. In. And I'm sure after a while, you know, your brain is uh, waiting for the next annoying yes. noise to happen. <laughs> yes. Perhaps he's looking over for a second, or he is uh, taking a sip of coffee, and all you can do is just wait for the next. Oh, that's a good question. I wonder if he actually bought coffee. Or I imagine that they would kick him out if he at least did not have some type of... I will also get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I take the video home. I post it. What else? Am, no, what else am I supposed to do with it? I post it on the internet, uh, on Facebook, and uh, give it the title... Uh, That's an invasion of publicly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nicely put, Fifi. You're welcome. <laughs> I entitled it uh, Starbucks in my neighborhood, not distracting at all. Mm-hmm. And it gets some response on the first book. So I decide to make my own video. 
But you can see it as a bonus. Yes. If you're already on uh, defeat.net slash podcast, you can just see what the bonus is for this episode, uh, which is number seven. If not, you know, please uh, go over and find us. Defeat.net, D-E-U-X-F-L-I-L-L... <laughs> Look for Pubel Twins. Yes, <laughs> just do that. I won't say what the video is that I posted, but I will say that when I shot it, this typing man was only three feet away from me at that time <laughs> as well. Which you did not realize. I did not realize. Doing <laughs> well, I realized uh, halfway through explaining to my accomplice what had happened the day before, so he knew what was going on. I, then I realized that the, the old granny cart that is immediately to my right probably is the same one as the one owned by the man. And then I realize his back is to me. He's only a couple feet away. I start to laugh a little bit. And uh, my accomplice uh, is uh, Don Spiro, who's a renowned uh, burlesque photographer. And we've known him for years. Um, good friend and very accomplished man. Uh, he turned around. He looked at the guy. Um, he laughed too. Neither one of us deterred in any way. <laughs> we just continue. And that's what happens nowadays, you know? It's somebody's going to do something incredibly irritating. In public. In public. Uh, you're going to have your own response and you're not going to care because he doesn't care either. That's the thing. So, yeah, it, gets, it got me thinking about, you know, what, um, how technology has changed um, how people view public space. You do things that you would normally only could do in your home. You know, you mm -hmm. pick up the telephone that's plugged into the wall and you make a phone call. Now you can do that anywhere. Um, but please take note that you are not alone. So if you're saying your full name and your phone number, uh, I might just be writing it down <laughs> <laughs> to call at a later time. If you're if you are on the phone with the metro, you're complaining yes. about the... So that's happened the very <laughs> next day. I was back at Starbucks because I'm bored in my neighborhood and a man... Uh, Ask if you can borrow the side table next to me. I say, sure. Then he set up his laptop, proceed to make phone call to Metro to complain about his treatment, give his full name, his telephone number, and the stop where he normally would be picked up. And Fifi, do we go to that stop and set up big sign with his name? We are so sorry. <laughs> Love, Metro. <laughs> we are so, so sorry, uh, Mr. Daniel uh, Heatherton. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope this makes it up to you. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, we have to film it because we have that technology. Yes, and then you can uh, stand across the street, wait for him to show up and see it, give him a little ringy ding on the phone. Yeah, we're, ju like it? we're just a metal, wondering yeah. if you'd seen uh, the poster we put up. <laughs> so, yeah, so that day, the very next day, I just, and uh, one more side note, and then I'll be done. Uh, I look around to see if the typing man, who I never got to see his face. Oh, the day I filmed this, the, my response video, um, he, I should have recognized him right away, even though he didn't have typewriter with him. He was at a table for four persons, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all by himself with his books and papers mm -hmm. spread all over. Uh, he, he was only not by himself when he took a meeting with a young lady. <laughs> <laughs> so but, impressive. So I looked for him the next day. This is day number three. Did not see him anywhere. Sat down on the chair. The guy makes a phone call next to me. I look over to my right. I mean, it's like I have a filter for this man because although he was not there, his cushy chair, his chair with the typewriter, his chair with the papers, uh, all set up in the corner. I was there for one hour. He did. He never came back. That's yeah. just his office. That's his. Uh, whoa. 
Why would he have to be there? His stuff is there. That's enough. That's enough. It that holds his place and you don't maybe he's a uh, you know making a big deal at a coffee bean you know <laughs> you don't know probably <laughs> maybe he had to uh, travel across you know across town yeah you know that's a good point he yeah. took he took a, a lunch meeting mm-hmm. you know outside of the office i yeah. could see yeah, every I, once in a while you want to get out you of just the office, want to right? get off campus you know yeah. for lunch or something it makes sense yeah so anyway uh yes please uh take a look at the, the videos up on uh, uh the bonus this week and i hope you enjoy and uh, now we go into a slap booth show with uh, our guest this week. He's a writer, he's an actor, and uh, he's a comic. Brandon Johnson. Here we go. You laugh so angry on your motorbike, wobbling down the gravel drive into the chilly night. So unnecessary, it was just a silly fight. And you forgot your gloves, and you forgot your helmet. So Fifi, how do we know Brandon? He's an actor, he's a comedian, mm-hmm. he is a snappy dresser. Is it okay if we b- talk about that before yes. we talk about your accomplishments yes, on the can. screen? Um, I have never seen Brandon not dressed to these nines. Yes, you have, you have suits. I do have suits. And uh, you wear them, and not just for like funeral or no. something. <laughs> it's important. I always say that um, you're going to die one day and you don't know what they're going to find you in. And hopefully they're going to find you in something fucking amazing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you ensure that. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, it's it's your body. You should hang really nice stuff off of it. <laughs> yes. Could you tell that to most of um, Los Angeles for us, please? I try to tell people all the time that it's easier to put on a suit than it is to actually coordinate like jeans and a sweater and a pair of weird boots. <laughs> You know. <laughs> what is your feeling on flip flops? I don't know what those are. Good. Perfect. Perfect. I've never answer. seen a pair of flip flops. Uh, best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, uh, when you look down, there's just a weird mosaic so that your vision is not uh, defiled by a. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have seen them probably at the beach, the only place that yeah. they should oh, ever be. Or like be in a worn. shower, maybe. But, but yes, at but even, gym. I will say that even at the beach, they should be covered by sand. Um, yes. So that if you're on the boardwalk, you have on shoes. Mm hmm. And then if you're going on the sand, you put on your flip-flops. And those should sink into the sand <laughs> so that no one can see what is awful. There's things in life called awful design where just because you can make that doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out why strap stuff by my feet <laughs> is the flip-flop. They can make it, but they shouldn't make it. No. Like eyelashes for your car. That craze in L.A. that people are driving around with. It's mostly on Beatles, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I can yeah. say that. Right. I own a beetle, so I can say. You own a beautiful beetle, though. Oh, it's, a, it's one of the vintage ones. It's the real beetle. It's not the um, Three's Company beetle. Yeah. <laughs> the Jack Tripper beetle. No, no it's, it's a real deal. Yes. Yeah, it is the beautiful. real deal. I also drove beetles for a long time. Yeah? On uh, Carmen Gia's. Oh, that's oh, a nice too. Nice. Mm-hmm. What do you drive now? Now I drive a Volvo station wagon. Oh. But you have the most stylish bicycle in. <laughs> in all of maybe California oh my goodness your bicycle's amazing and it Thank has you. little is it a wicker ba- like a little it's not a basket it's uh, it's like they're uh, they're like uh, almost like luggage they look like suitcases with no handles um, and I made them because uh, you can't find any you made I did make those wow. yeah. I get recognized for it yeah people, even when I'm driving my car people will say aren't you the guy with that bike 
which is depressing. I'm supposed to be that guy with that TV career. Oh. <laughs> and speaking of your TV career, you have a you have a quite an impressive IMDb uh, page. A lot of the stuff that I did is not on there. Mostly cops. I was on cops a lot. Oh. Um, people don't recognize me unless I'm turned around oh. uh, and getting into a police car. I was on Dateline recently with Chris Hansen. Uh, I don't think I'll be going back to that show. It was pretty much just a one-shot <laughs> just dig. Just a walk-on? Yeah, I walked on, and then I was led off. Oh, I uh, the show lied to me, and uh, I'm finding out a lot of things that aren't true. Your agent did not check the contract very uh, carefully, no? It's not something I arranged through my agent. It's more oh, just oh, really? a, an online sort of situation where I believed I was oh. speaking to an adult. Like from Craigslist, right? You know, you see a gig on there, and... Uh, more along the lines of Yahoo Messenger, but yes, very much like Craigslist, uh, chat roomy. If Craigslist had a chat room with uh, underage people in it. Regardless, things are looking up. Uh, it turns out that's entrapment. I'll be taping a second season of NTSF SD SUV this season. So. Oh, okay. All right, so this has not affected your... His legitimate uh, career. Legitimate mm -hmm. N T S F S D S U V. I think so. What I'm pretty it, sure. What does it stand for? National Terrorism Strike Force Sport Utility Vehicle San Diego. San Diego comes before Sport Utility Vehicle. National Terrorism Strike Force <laughs> San Diego Sport Utility Vehicle. And you go to San Diego to film this in a sports vehicle? We went to Comic-Con to shoot the uh, part of the second season, which was great, because they let us do it live uh, at one of the uh, panels that we were doing. Oh, excellent. That's awesome. So who are you shooting this with? The star of the show, obviously, is Paul Shear and Rebecca Romaine and uh, Paul's lovely wife and um, also one of the, the cops, June Diane Raphael. And, uh, Martin Starr from Freaks and Geeks. Yes. We love him to death. And Kate Mulgrew, um, who we all know from Star Trek. So if you're a nerd, oh my goodness, <laughs> get a comfy chair. Where can this be seen? Uh, it's on Adult Swim. I think it's Thursdays. It's technically Friday. Because oh, um, it's after 12, midnight. 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we rerun it again um, Wednesday, and then I think it shows back up on another Sunday. They are 15-minute uh, shows? They're 15-minute song. And if you don't catch it on Adult Swim, you can come to my um, my house. house. Yeah. Or I've got bootlegs. <coughs> <laughs> Paul Shear doesn't know about it, but... You, yeah. Do you have a website? I don't have a website. What? You, you, no, I'm sorry. You weren't even on a, like a Facebook or an email no. at one point. It's very true. I just recently got um, a laptop six years ago. It was a gift um, by my friends who were screaming at me. And they also gave me a cell phone um, because I grew up with these black Amish parents who were like, we don't support major corporations. Um, and since AT&T and like Sprint and Apple are all major corporations, I was like, I'm not I'm not having nothing in my house where the people who want to find out stuff can get in. <laughs> And that was pretty much how I lived, sort of off the grid. And then I came to California, and that was really hard to do. So, yeah. Especially working in One of the worst things that you can do if you work in entertainment is try to hide from people. So, <laughs> for the longest... You don't say... Because I think a casting director loves to ferret out the actors. It's part of the game, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so being a reluctant celebrity is something that I made an, an art out of. Because I honestly was like, when people were like, you need a Facebook page, you need all this other stuff. And I was like, I don't want people to find me. Mm. Unless it's for money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long have you all been Virgos? Mm, not long enough. I don't really be believe in astrology, but I do like Virgos very much. And you know, you you are the fifth Virgo. We've only interviewed Virgos, and you're the you're the fifth one. It's the way it should be. It's not intentional, but it's. I mean, I guess subconsciously, it's. Um, 
We we always get along with Virgos and yes. And Blainzos are Virgo too, right? Blainzo is also a Virgo, yes. That's true. So everybody who's been on this show has been a Virgo. And now we're having this thing where uh, do we want to have people who aren't Virgos? Yeah, we yeah, that's we we're need we're to grappling with that. Yes. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I'll I be know. honest <laughs> with you, as a Virgo and I'm by the way, I'm a I'm a solid Virgo. I don't have any other signs in my house necessarily. Like I was born in Scorpio for the year, um, but I'm pretty solid Virgo, and most of the world are Virgos. So it's okay. not like your fans would be upset. No. You know, because I know all those Virgos out there would tune in, you know, and really stick it to those Sagittarians. <laughs> filthy sexual Scorpios. I think everybody knows about Scorpios. All want to have sex with them. Nobody wants to keep you. Oh. We hate you, Scorpios. <laughs> Do you really hate Scorpios? I mean, Virgo, Scorpio, it's it's an ugly place. It's an ugly place. Because, yeah. because Scorpios, they're very um, sensual, um, but then they break your heart uh, across the board. Like, every sign says that, except for Scorpio. Scorpios are like, what? I didn't break your heart? Come on. Seriously. They're very, they're, aren't they loyal, but they're also, I mean, there's a reason why it's a, an animal with a stinger on it. Exactly. I've had very mixed um, experiences with Scorpios. But the it's fact true. that I've had experiences with Scorpios says something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're wonderful at the uptake. They're great on, like, the first three weeks of it. And they're very risky. And they're very, like, passionate. And you're like, Jesus, this person doesn't care. This person doesn't care what goes down anywhere. It doesn't care. This person just doesn't. This person. And then you start to realize, this person doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> they're good at that because they don't care. Really don't care. <laughs> If we oh. have a Scorpio listener, I'd like to hear uh, their take on this because... They don't care. No? Okay, They're well. not going to call in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the good things about Virgo, though, just for editing. Is that, you know, Virgos tend to remember your birthday. They remember I, your... I, I remember people's birthday to a point where I'm wondering if people are creeped out a little. No. They, they know you're a Virgo. Wait, that Virgo <laughs> says no. <laughs> okay, <good>. well, <laughs> don't listen to him. <laughs> you know, I have to say, though, also, well, there's a couple reasons I think I remember birthdays. Number one, there's so many... Virgo people I know that I sort of keep those straight. Mm -hmm. Also, our birthday happens to be September 11th. So I think that we have a memorable birthday. And for some reason... Something happened? Uh, yeah, uh, we were born. Oh, yes. Yes. That sounds awesome. Uh, and some other famous people were born too. So, you know, it's memorable. Mm -hmm. um, so because our birthday is very important, I think I seem to remember other people's birthdays too. But it could have to do with uh, being a Virgo. We, we do like to please the people. We are the yes. sign of service. So that's one of the best things you can possibly be is of service to people. Yes. You know. Damn Scorpios, all y'all do is run around <laughs> and have on sex on everybody. Now, now, did something happen recently with a Scorpio that you'd like to get Gr just get off your chest? No, growing up, my best friend was a Scorpio. So they're great. They can be great people. They, they love to kick it. But I, I will tell you that, um, you know, they're wonderful people. It's just with your heart, it can be a little rough. But <laughs> right. But we Virgos are pleasure centered, whether it's visual or food or whatever. I mean, if you ask a Virgo about water, they're like, "Oh, it's so crystal clear, it's so quenching to my thirst." And oh my God, you seen the glass that they brought it in? The glass that they brought the water in was amazing. Um, so we we love pleasure too, and I think that's the thing is that like you kind of get frustrated because you're like, you guys say you love pleasure, but boy, do you bring misery. <laughs> you know. Um, Pisces are stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the other cool thing about being a Virgo is that we're pretty malleable and we get along with all signs. Um, we love Libras. I know that we all have a bunch of Libras. we have a bunch of Libra friends in our group. Do we? we do. Uh, who are these Libras? Um, Jeff, Jay, Jerry. Jeff, um, Jay, Jerry. Uh huh. Yes. Um, 
and there's there's like two girls. Those bur- oh they yeah because there there are more because remember we we have to work in October. It's like party party party. Yeah. Our little group, you know, you guys don't know this, but our little group, uh, we've all been hanging out for a little bit, and um, we would have like almost four or five birthdays in September, and then have to roll into October. So by the time it it rolls around, I think the last one is like October thirteenth. Uh-huh. Um, we are tired. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, usually we have a lucha room at right. the end of uh, October. Right. Uh, maybe Bibi and I would be wrestling, or uh, Brandon would be doing a Reverend Brown. That's right, Reverend Brown. And you are about to do a Reverend Brown. We're doing a great big lucha, 14th, 15th, and 16th, and um, we're we're going to marry people. Well, not everybody will marry those people. One person in particular. Who? <laughs> a man who was recently ordained. I've got to get my marrying pants on, man. <laughs> I was. I was recently ordained. I did it online. Um, we sort of did it in anticipation of uh, me performing a wedding as Reverend Brown at Lucha Vavum. And um, I did it way, way back just so, you know, if you win the contest, you don't have to worry that, like, I didn't pay my $5 fee <laughs> and you ain't married for real. Wait, what does it entail? It's a great deal of study. Uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of one-on-one time with mm. the Lord, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of single women about what they want in a husband. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be able to look at uh, uh, and understand what the couple is going through. Um, you do counseling with them beforehand. I do a little bit of counseling, okay. uh, just with these single women. Mm-hmm. But then um, <laughs> I will also counsel the couple that night at Lucha Vavum for three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a fire truck. Yeah. Oh. They're just going to pick up some groceries. Okay. <laughs> so you you have not met them yet? I haven't met this couple. The couple is um, going to be selected by a team of expert judges, mm. uh, a panel, I guess. Consisting uh, of? You know, I don't even know their names. That's how That's how this, oh. uh, it's very secretive, this whole contest. Uh, I know it's Price Waterhouse, the same people who do the Academy mm-hmm. Awards will mm-hmm. be handling uh, the ballots. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm going to find out hopefully the night of. But I may find out a little bit earlier because I may have to fill out like wedding stuff. For them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excited. Don't they have a paper that you have to sign and something they, official? They get their own uh, certificate to Le- the state. License? Well, they get their license. I can't, uh, I can't, obviously, I can't issue a license. You, you know, immediately once you get ordained, you feel like you have a secret power where you can just sort of like spring marriage upon people. Um, <laughs> and I do. I want to go around just like, you're married. And you're married. And you're married. Or like when people are talking shit about how much they love each other at dinner. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys really love each other, huh? Because you know I'm an ordained minister, so we could do this right here. <laughs> well, you you could just do that, right? I mean, they could get the license later. You just marry someone like at dinner. And but I think you might need the license first. I think oh. you get the license first. Yes. And, oh. then, um, and then I just smack it on you. I oh. smack on it. I love I'm going to come out with my own wedding ring line. I'm going to do oh, all yeah. sorts of Yeah. You know, um, very cheap weddings. It would be kind of cool if, you know, I was able to marry somebody that I knew, like my friends. That'd yes. be that'd be fun. I wish you were ordained when uh, Blainsaw and I got married because uh, we went to Vegas. And, oh, wow. Uh, yes, it was fantastic. <coughs> That's the other thing is I wonder, do I have jurisdiction everywhere to marry people? Like, can I marry people in other countries? Well, did you... Mm, I, can, do you need to get ordained in more than one state? Can you do the whole country? Or? I think I can do the whole country. But you don't know about other countries. No, I think I'm unstoppable, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> hey, Blainzo, you want to Brandon to mail you two again? No, yeah, it worked the first time. <laughs> it did work the first time. 
um, it'll be cool when Lucha, um, because we do have uh, we have a transgendered side to us, and um, our performers are all different uh, types of sexuality. And that's the great thing about Lucha is that we truly represent Los Angeles, and that we have uh, one of the largest minority casts, strangely enough, for a live stage show. Probably at least fifty percent. At least fifty percent, and even even a network show. Um, doesn't have that many minorities on it. So <laughs> with Lucha, it would be awesome to marry um, a gay couple yeah. um, as soon as California becomes like New York. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm imagining that this is going to go very well, and they yeah. probably will do it every year from now on. What? Don't you think? Oh, damn. You don't want to? Hmm. <laughs> You know, we were a part of a one marriage that happened uh, before. We were sort yeah. of like bridesmaids. You know, so mm. and I think that worked out. That I think those couple, that couple just had a baby, David wow. and Katie, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, from my understanding, that is why they had to get married. Yeah. <laughs> it's because somebody was having a baby. Yes, and then they had to, the pregnant gestation was apparently two years. So you know. <laughs> I really do love like the picture of people eating tons and tons of wedding cake because she's eating for two. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad reason, you know. It's not a bad reason. If anything, it's uh, it's nature's way of saying, hurry up. <laughs> Seriously, as much as you guys do it, you should get married for all the doing it that you're doing. Oh, how sweet. I do wish it was like that, that you sort of were like, you know, like it turned over, like, you, like your car was like, oh, we got to get married now. <laughs> We've done it a million times. <laughs> is, is this how you're going to get married? Um, no. No? <laughs> have you been married? I have not been married. No. Um, I, I've, I've been working on it for a long time. I cannot find anybody stupid enough or a bag <laughs> big enough to bring her home in. <laughs> but you are the nicest man. I, I, I do think I'm sweet, you know, but uh, she has to be able to put up with a saw in the middle of the living room. Um, oh, yeah. What, what, is your, what is your place like? You, you create things inside your home. So when you walk into my house, um, there's this huge wall that's made of this corrugated plastic, um, which is like... Uh, see-through right and then there's all these little things that i've made so like i make all these crazy flower boxes and like a folding couch all this crazy stuff stuff that it's in its preliminary stage so like some of it's really neat and then some of it looks like magic magicorium in there so you're like what is this i'm like it's a failed uh, bar stool <laughs> that i turned into a plant holder um and then when you round the corner so like the front of it looks like oh a kia catalog and then when you round the corner and you walk inside, you're like, what in the horror movie? Why do you have so many saws and carving tools out? And it's because I lived in a very small place in Chicago. And now that I live in Los Angeles, my apartment looks like a loft to me, even though it's a one bedroom. <laughs> so I, put, I built a, uh, a, a wood shop instead of a living room. Um, so it looks strange. It looks like I, I'm an elf out of work <laughs> Christmas season. What, what is the most recent thing you have made? I just redid a steamer trunk from 1912 um, that I found outside, and it's a Hartman steamer trunk. And um, Hartman steamer trunks were like American Gucci in the tens and the the teens and the twenties, right? Um, Because I had to do all this research on it, and like literally had to go look at old steamer trunk catalogs at an old library downtown in old Los Angeles, um, Mm -hmm. just to find pictures of what it should be restored to, and um, found it with the key in it. So it honestly was like, oh, well, this is a sign because I'm a Virgo. So it's like, oh, the key's in it. Um, I should probably take this thing. Where'd and you find it? On the street. Wow. And I drive a station wagon. And you know, if you drive mm. a station wagon, that when you drive a station wagon, <laughs> everything in the world becomes yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's big enough. Let's go. <laughs> you start bringing home stuff that you should never bring home, like, you know, a table for eight. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even feed that many people. Um, 
But then I started to redo it and um, only found materials. So whenever you see a couch on the side of the road, I'm that guy that has cut all of the back of it off because we call it harvesting. And if, if somebody throws out like a suede or a leather couch, you get out of your car <laughs> and you cut the back of it off because that's a huge panel of free fabric. Wow. Never it's also untouched yeah. because right. it's always up against the wall. Yeah. Um, so I did the first, like, you know, I did the front of it, suede it out. Um, and then the interior is also suede. And uh, it was a blast, but it took about a year and a half. And no, that sounds totally reasonable. <laughs> it's insane because you would never travel with it now. Like, what, what do you do with your trunk? I stare at it. You know, mm. I nicknamed it Trunky. <laughs> um, it had like 2,000 nails in it. So oh. it took forever to get those back in. Um, because you disassembled, disassembled it? I did. I took it apart oh, wow. and reskinned it. So it's oh, like... You stare at stuff like that because you don't know whether you're crazy or <laughs> that's the great thing about making things is that you you will sit in your house and everything that surrounds you is uh, something that you made by your hand. Um, it's such a great revenge on capitalists. <laughs> so you, you are still, uh, you were brought up by parents and you are still having those thoughts. I do. My parents were, were they were like black hippies. So it was crazy. We were taught to, to buy um, very little, to consume very little. That's fantastic, though. It is. It's, it's what's you know enabled me to be an actor for so long because some of the years are lean, um, and in those lean years, you you still have the things that you need because you have not spent a ton of money. Like, I'm not going to be the guy who rocks the brand new iPhone. Um, I have a BlackBerry, but it's a BlackBerry Flip, and it's <laughs> again was a gift <laughs> when people saw my old phone. They were like, "You need a new phone." They took pity on you, um, which I don't advise. I don't want free stuff, but. No, but you have a knack for getting it. I want to know more. <laughs> My thing is, um, you know, if everybody shared their Wi-Fi signal, <laughs> then corporations would have to figure out a way to be better to us. And they do respond. So I'm not going to go on like a, a crazy corporate diatribe or anything, but we don't need so much stuff. We no, no not everybody. Everybody in this building, for example, the downstairs at Cheetahs and our apartment, and next door and stuff. Everybody, I'm sure, pays their own Wi-Fi. Why is why? Which is crazy because it puts the Y in Wi-Fi. It puts the Y and the Fi in Wi-Fi. Like Fi, 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 I gotta pay that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> no, that's gonna be the catchphrase of the. <laughs> um, you know, carpooling, mass transit, all that stuff. Um, wear your jeans until they fall off. Don't wear them until the light. Because um, that's what we do in America. We're like, these jeans ain't dark no more. Um, and then we throw them away. Um, and sometimes we give them to charity. But for the most part, when you go to Goodwill, those jeans are pretty used up. So um, now I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, carpooling. So you uh, frequently have many people in your Volvo? As I, I, <laughs> I try to get as many white women in that Volvo <laughs> as I possibly can. <laughs> Where do you take them? <laughs> Three and four at a time. Um, anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere they want to go, we go. We go to Manny Petty's all the time, mm-hmm. and I love the Grove. Um, that's where white ladies go. That's right. <laughs> Most of these women are over fifty. <laughs> that's the only woman who really loves a Volvo. When you roll up to a girl's house with a Volvo station wagon, she's like, "Calm down." <laughs> Volvos are very dependable. They and are. They're expensive too. Yes. They're not really that expensive to maintain if you maintain them. Mm. That's the, that's the thing. Do you work on your Volvo by yourself? I wish I could. I used to work on Volkswagens. Oh. I used to build um, Beatles for a long, long time. Also, a very hippie thing to do is mm. the Volkswagen movement. Oh, yeah. 
Did you have that book that everybody has? The Beat- I don't know if, I think it's for Beatles. It's the hippie book with yes. the <laughs> fix it yourself. And yes. it has like the keep on trucking style of uh, artwork on the cover. And Those guys are great because it, this is the crazy thing about Volkswagens is at one point you're driving them and you get some of the weirder Volkswagen owners. So you're like, I don't we drive the same car, but we don't necessarily share the same mentality. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I love your car, man. Uh, when did you get it? Like, hey, dude, I have a job. Yeah. This is like, it's not a lifestyle. I this have that conversation <laughs> every other day. Every time I go to gas. I mean, I've made so many friends with people in, you know, in their 60s. Yes, exactly. Know. Would people wave to you as they drove by? They really wanted happens? to wave. <laughs> um, they wanted to tell me the story about their first yeah. Beetle. Because <laughs> apparently everyone has had a Beetle in their life. Um, and they all have really fond memories for that car. Yes. Um, I loved being a Volkswagen owner. There was a definite camaraderie, you know. So uh, you know about cars because you're building them. Uh, it reminds me of uh, one of the first times I talked to you. Uh-huh. Uh, we were at a house party. What? Yes. <laughs> Fifi, you guys, why was I not there? I, you had, I was by myself. It was a lonely time. Okay. I went to this party. I knew only person who was uh, throwing the party. But I meet you. I remember we were sitting on a front step of house. Uh, right. Drinking some type of alcohol. I feel like you had a cold. Did you have an awful cold? No, I was having a very bad day. Yes. Um, but uh, also my car had just gotten broken into. Yes. And uh, I was describing how that car was. And uh, you told me that maybe you knew why uh, they did what they did. And what they did was they broke a back window, just a small window. And uh, and that was it. And I thought that was strange because, uh, you know, you break a front window, you can get into the car easier that way. But you told me what? Do you remember? I explained to you that they break out the little window so that when the cops roll by, they can't tell that this car has been stolen. And even if they look at you, it's just like, yeah, my back window's broken out. (laughs) Rough day. Anyway, officer. (laughs) Um, And you were like, you know too much about crime. And then I explained to you, all all artists have a criminal background. (laughs) Is that true? I think that you will find yourself doing a wide variety of hustles that will cross the line. So I played a Jamaican at a backyard barbecue for 300 bucks once in Chicago. <laughs> um, and I, was shir- <laughs> I was shirtless and I had braids. I had actual like Rasta braids, not dreads. It, it was a wig? No, that was real. Oh. I, I used to rock that. I know oh. that if you see me now, everybody, I look bald. But Are you I serious? Used, I used to have braids down to oh, almost my shoulders. Want to see photos so badly. How do I see photos? Uh, obviously you will never see those photos. <laughs> no, I'm going to search on the internet until I find there are They are not on the internet. Oh, my God. Thank goodness. God. Um, I look like Terrence Trent to Arby. Yes. That's, because that's when I was a kid, I was like, look at this foreign black dude. Um, nobody's ever seen this cat before. <laughs> I'm going to do what he's doing because he was really skinny and I was skinny as a kid, too. It's like you have to pick who you're going to emulate. And I could not emulate like any famous black person when I was a kid except for like <laughs> him. <laughs> I, I enjoyed his music though. Oh my, yeah, I, I have great. a I have a little single by him. I still have a wishing little record. Well? Yes, wishing well. <laughs> Please, I have three albums. <laughs> I bought the farm. Um, and if my hair had gotten any longer, I would have looked like the darker Millie Vanilli. Um, <laughs> so, so those years were the worst hair years of my life. And like, I look back on it and I see pictures of myself like that, and I'm like. Why didn't my friends tell me? Why didn't my friends tell me that looks so ridiculous? Um, because they were impressed by it, I'm sure. Some it were was impressed. a different time, right? Yes, but then also some of them said, we did. We told, <laughs> we told you all the time. 
Um, when you build cars, you, you run into the same problem because you will, when you make things in general, the last thing that you think is, let's throw some lights on that shit. And that's what always happens. <laughs> so I built this beautiful Beetle um, convertible. And um, I, I went to, of course, AutoZone mm-hmm. and bought a gear shift that glows oh. so that when you drive around at night, you can see into the car. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the same color blue as the car during the day if you didn't turn the light on. Oh. So I roll up to my Gosh. friend's house at night and um, I've got this thing flipped on and it's real creepy and he's looking at me. <laughs> it's like, that has to go back. That car is beautiful. <laughs> that car turned out beautifully. But that, that thing that you're doing, that thing where you have that crazy hearse lighting in there, uh, that has to go back. So Is that like a tramp stamp for your car? Yes, okay. exactly. No part of your car should light up except for the headlights. All right. um, so with my hair, that became the case as well. I was just like... I want the longest braids that money can buy. Um, <laughs> but I did not buy them. I actually grew them. So it took years. Wow. It took years. Beautiful. Okay, so you're in a backyard with this head. So I'm at this part, this Jamaican, um, I'm playing this Jamaican, Nim Dexter, at this backyard, <laughs> at this house that really is maybe a thousand square feet. Um, so like they had way more money than they did house, which was great. <laughs> but then there's a Caribbean band, an actual Caribbean band there. So there's real Jamaicans, and I'm a fake Jamaican. <laughs> and um, they give me a Rasta wig to wear, even though I have braids. <laughs> and I'm shirtless, and I'm, I'm carrying this djembe, which is not a Jamaican drum, but it's just a drum. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, two, three hundred bucks, that's what you get. You get me shirtless, playing a drum, and welcoming people to your party. So my job was to stand at this chain link fence and be like, Madame Dexter, welcome to the party. Refreshments are over there. It was like the worst Irish Jamaican accent. They're both island people. Both island people. They sound the same. Um, and uh, that, that's, that's pretty close to illegal. <laughs> to your spirit and your soul. <laughs> Um, but I will tell you that I used to sell uh, fake watches. So when I lived in, Ch- in Chicago, I worked for J. Crew, um, and I would I would wear really expensive fake knockoff watches on the floor, and people would always say, "Where do you get the money to, to buy those watches?" And I'd go, "These watches aren't real Rolexes and tags. These are fake." And I will sell you the one off my wrist, and I would have like two or three more in my oh, my jacket. Wow, um, that's so smart. Because when I first got to Chicago to act, um, I didn't have a ton of money, but I would go on my lunch break. I'd go around the corner and I'd see that the Nigerians had like these $20 um, fake watches and I would buy like, you know, three or four a day and then flip them for 40 oh. off of the sales floor of J. Crew. So you could come in, you could get a suit from me and I would also sell you your matching accessories. You are brilliant. <laughs> You're a brilliant man. Yeah. So um, I think all actors have a crazy story. You know, next time I do the show, I'll tell you my crazy counterfeiting story. But <laughs> <laughs> When you can't come on with an alias. <laughs> <laughs> When Brendan Johnston comes yes, when on. Yes, Johnston. I mean, I don't do it anymore, so I can definitely so tell you, you the story of it. So you can't be busted anymore. Well, I've only known you as a legitimate uh, actor and a voiceover and all that, a comedian. Oh, how do you know him as a voiceover, Fifi? Oh, how do I know him as a voiceover? Well, it's a strange story. Um, at one point, Bibi and I, we uh, righted a pilot, animated pilot. Mm-hmm. We had in that pilot a character. It was a. It was. Uh, what was, was it called? It, it was, was called Twin Cesses, yes. and it was about uh, two little twin princesses. Perfect. And uh, this, in this pilot, uh, one of them has a problem. She uh, is losing her first tooth, and uh, of course, we need a voice for that tooth. And mm-hmm. uh, we do a search for perfect tooth voice. Yeah, we had this produced and everything. You know, we do the animatic. Yes. And um, this tooth, we decide, is a little saucy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can't be just any anybody doing this tooth voice. He 
he uh, he's got a lot of attitude. He may be little tooth, but you know he needs strong voice. So we do nationwide search for the voice of the tooth. And uh, I remember this uh, young man I met at a house party who knows about breaking into cars. <laughs> and uh, and it turns out uh, he lives up the street from us. So nationwide search uh, turns into we get the best person who is up the street. That is so nice of you to say. It was uh, fantastic. Uh, actually, I remember also I have to get to you the animatic or everything so you can know what to do. Uh, no email. I need to walk it up to your home. <laughs> deliver it on a cd or dvd copy disc <laughs> right and i looked at the cd and i was like what am i supposed to do with this put it in my toaster that's that's what burnt my last house down i won't use water or call the fire department yeah, so uh, that's how we get you with the information right. that is completely true I do, you know though, i don't remember you letting me into your home you know i used to i used to always tell people you cannot get into the lair but no one, no one gets into the lair. Because when I was a kid, here's more crazy. But when I was a kid, my dad was like, your friends can't come over. What if somebody falls, hurt themselves? They'll take this whole house from us. But they're my friend. Why would they do that? Um, my dad was like, maybe these kids will run back information to their parents. I'm, what are you doing? What are you doing that you need <laughs> for us to live this crazy sister wives existence? I want to know more about your family. What they, Did they... Were they religious or they? Just we are super religious, but we're half Catholic, half Baptist. But I oh. grew up in, in like an eighty percent Jewish city, not neighborhood. City. city. Oh, mm. you said St. Louis. St. Louis, but a little town outside of St. Louis called University City, where all the streets are college names. Oh. So you make a left on Harvard, make a right on Yale, make another left on Cornell. For me, that's interesting because I did not go to college. You didn't. I didn't. I dropped out of high school. Maybe because I felt a lot of peer pressure after living in a town that was, you know, collegiate-based. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if that had gotten off my back. <laughs> a little overkill. <laughs> Last thing the farmer's daughter wants to do is see corn. <laughs> um, so, also very early on, I kind of knew that I wanted to um, live more than, like, go to school. So I looked at school as like, all they're gonna do is continue to test me and mm. I get the game the adults are playing, which is the smarter I get, the more they test me. So why don't we just go see how smart I am in the real world? And I happened to watch Ferris Bueller. Um, and when I watched Ferris Bueller, I was done. Cause I was like, I wanna do that, but I wanna do it every day. <laughs> which is so awful because it's a child making a lifetime decision based on a movie. <laughs> but you know, I have to say though, after so many years of school, I think you know whether or not it's working for you, you know? I think everybody gets what they're supposed to get. Like, you know, if you feel like you still need some structure and some networking and you need to work on your personality, I say go to school. But if you <laughs> feel like you have those things, then I say hit the streets and let's go see what, what you're made of. Like, we really don't know who you are until you're not in a closed environment. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just kind of felt like when I was in school, I was looking outside. I was always looking out the window and being like, what's popping out there? Um, and then when I found out, I was like, oh, I'd rather stay here and take my chances getting what I need out here than being in what I thought was a very, like, caged environment. Like, in school, all you're going to learn is how to learn. Once I learned how to learn, I was like, I'd like to go learn about other things, <laughs> like lunch. <laughs> so what did you do? You left school? I left school and about 40 other kids um, also dropped out. Ooh. from other schools and I'd been really social from about the age of 12 so by the time I dropped out at 15 um, I had a clique of people that we were just daytime kids like you know um, think uh, Artful Dodger 
and mm. <laughs> and Oliver, and that's what we did. You know, we ran around all day stealing bread off of tables, mm-hmm. pies <laughs> out of windows, pies out of windows. Um, you know, day parties, crazy, crazy, crazy life. Which but. is interesting because in Hollywood, my life is actually ten times tamer than when I was mm. a teenager. So, how did your liberal parents feel about you? They freaked out because. Out? You know, black kid, don't drop out. But also, I'm the only person in my family not to go to college in, like, three generations. So um, my grandparents met in college, which is rare. Um, so they were pretty, people were pretty frustrated. They're still pretty frustrated about the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> I will need to win an Academy Award. <laughs> don't they see you on te- television and know that you made the right decision? Not really, because the shows that I do are not in their demographic. Mm. Um, and... Um, it's interesting that my career has mostly been in alternative comedy, so it's not the sort of thing that mainstream um, America watches, and I'm from Missouri, so I know that there are people in Missouri who listen to and watch uh, the work that I do, but uh, for the most part, my family's like, what? Um, so you went to Second City? Is that like Circuit City? It's pretty much the... So if it's not Leno, they don't know what you're talking about? Yes, oh. exactly. Um, I was on a show called Punked, and... Um, that's a famous show. It, 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 I guess that it is a famous show um, because people say it to each other as a verb, which is kind of a nice, mm-hmm. a nice thing. Um, but it came when I was on it. It was like two thousand four, and now it's heavily in reruns, and people are seeing it as if it's the first time. So like my grandmother was like, "I saw you on that show with the Ashton Kutcher. You need to do more of those." <laughs> And I'm like, that that was six years ago. That was six years ago. But because it's now on at like three o'clock in the afternoon for old people time, mm-hmm. um, she thinks I'm just a huge star for that, which is crazy. Um, and I love my nieces and nephews. That is my demographic. So they will often um, tell the adults what I'm up to. Aww. So that's cool. You know, there's nothing better, in, to be honest with you, there's nothing better in the world than like when your niece thinks you're famous. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best, <laughs> you know. I used to think it was when strippers did, but... <laughs> These girls downstairs, they just don't care. Well, they're business ladies, you know. They don't yeah. have time for... They keep saying, aren't you Jerry Minor? I'm like, yes, <laughs> fine. Hey, you don't even have a, a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a Jerry Minor. Cannot rock a mustache like he can rock a mustache. <laughs> so frustrating. When you're friends with people and you're like, why don't you change your facial hair for a little bit so I can try that look? <laughs> I had the same idea, but he's rocked it better for years. That reminds me of being at Jerry's. That's one time I spent with you, being at Jerry's place, playing rock band. We always had great <laughs> times. This little crew that we had, we um, we had dance parties, and we had impromptu parties at night because we were all uh, lucky enough to have days off, which means for whatever reason, the universe sort of collided to put about 12 people together who had enough money. Um, and then for those who didn't have enough money, those people were super generous. Actually, those people taught me a great deal about generosity. And um, what was cool about that is that because we had so much downtime, we actually spent it doing the things that you would do if you had downtime. Like during the days, we played video games in huge, beautiful houses. And then at night, we would go out. But then we would always come back to our friends' houses and have dance parties. And that that was awesome. So... The times that we like played at Jerry's, super, super fun. And then, of course, Rock Band was invented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the police would come by and be like, it's too loud. Like, it's not me. It's Rock Band. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you got away with it for hours before Did. anyone would come by. Did. Because I think there's this crazy thing, like, people don't always know what we do in L.A. But what we do in L.A. is our bars close at 2. So... 
everybody figures out which member of the clique has a house. Mm-hmm. And instead of us drinking until four or five in the morning, like in Chicago or New York, where the apartments are super small, so nobody wants to be home, we all actually like to go home. Yes. So it's a very cool lifestyle out here where you're like, oh, we're done drinking. Now we're all going back to somebody's house to, to continue a private dance party yeah. or whatever. It's awesome. I'd awesome. rather be around my friends, too, than yeah. being out in the clubs. I've gotten more and more picky about, yeah. And I think that there's a great, like, there's a part of you that's always like, oh, man, I wish I could kick it, like, when I was 15 or 16 again. Um, and I think we got lucky in that we had sort of a resurgence of what it felt like to be a teenager, but with money. But with money, with, <laughs> with less confusion. Yes. Um, yeah. More, and no curfew. No curfew, yeah. <laughs> no guilt. Um, and reasonably responsible. I think that people... Um, you know, there was no real overboard, so we got very lucky. Got very lucky. Now, did we want you to talk a little more about the tooth? Yeah. Yeah. Did we? Do we? I don't know. What else is there to say about it? I don't, I don't know. Um, I got to meet um, your mother, who's a wonderful, wonderful individual. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that was a perk right there. <laughs> if, everybody who meets our mother says that. Yeah. You, you guys should make T-shirts. You really should make T-shirts. <laughs> the three of you should start fighting crimes with a guy named Bosley. Yeah. You know, I have very beautiful sisters growing up. They're very ugly right now. Um, age has not been kind to them. Their lives are so hard. They uh, are, the, are the first black people to actually move to Africa to work in diamond mines. And it's just... <laughs> It's just beating them to death. They go in naked. They come out sweaty. It's awful. And so their pictures are not that great, the ones that they send. Um, but when you have a beautiful family member, you do. You really don't get tired of hearing it unless you're like a brother. <laughs> oh, man, your sister good looking. Like, hey, man, back off. Oh, man, I'm not good enough for your sister. <laughs> no, dude, you're not. Um, <laughs> Is anybody there? Is any man good enough for your sister? Sure, sure. I need a dude with a million bucks and a mm. muzzle. <laughs> Those two things. <laughs> I know that she's taken care of, and I also know that she won't hurt his feelings. <laughs> it is. No, I mean, my, I love my sisters. That it's difficult when you when you watch like your family get married, um, or you watch the people that they hook up because you're just like, please, don't do anything that I have to come kill you for. <laughs> Um, and my sisters always date really big dudes. So I'm just like, why would you go get this dude? How are we going to enforce any of our regulations? Are you the baby? I am the baby. What are, what are you guys? Are you the babies? I'm the oldest. Bibi's the oldest. I'm a little younger. But uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm very protective about Bibi uh, when she dates the men. Yes. Uh, we have a, sure a visual. If you want to, if you want to um, un- looks good. understand... Uh, <laughs> What the process is like for a new boyfriend, uh, if you remember from I would. the movie uh, Never Ending Story, you'll remember when uh, they are approaching these two sphinxes with the lasers coming out of their eyes. Do you remember that part? I, I don't, but I get it. Um, <laughs> they, they approach, uh, I think there's some question or something to answer. And uh, sphinxes, if it's not agreeable, they burn you with the two lasers. Oh. That, w- that would be me. Good. Good. I, and it hurts that it's a Virgo, too. Like, you can imagine, like, you're going to get judged, but now you're getting judged by the best and the person who can shut you down with one sentence. That, that would be me. So that's it. I'm going to be real honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't like you. It's that I love my sister. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Best, but then also I don't like you. So. I know. <laughs> Super painful. Super painful to hear. We think that's tactful. For somebody else, they're like, mm. You love your sister so much you don't want her with me. Okay, that's Yes, cool. that's exactly right. Yeah. Did I mince words at all? No. Okay. It's true. It's true. You should be protective. 
Seriously. But generally, <coughs> I'm, I'm pretty nice to uh, people. Yeah, so always bring them around and... But you know who I'm not nice to? Uh, the people after you break up. Sometimes then... No, very... No reason to be. Well, because boyfriends have bad habit of going to you afterwards for information, consolation, or to pass on information. All the shunts. Yeah. <laughs> all, the sh- all the things that they should not do. <laughs> really true. I'm pretty gracious generally, you know, but sometimes I have uh, absolutely zero patience for that. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I really like that. That's that's super sweet. I wish that I had had that growing up. Of somebody to have your back for when you're dating. It's yes. great. It is great. Your sisters did not look out for you? My sisters were like pimps for me. It was awesome. It was a yeah. crazy, crazy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, my, one of my sisters was like, literally like, you should meet my brother a lot. Um, so that really? was great. Oh. My older sister would lie on the phone for me. It was such a crazy thing because you were just like... <laughs> Aren't you, I mean, shouldn't you be helping the girls? <laughs> shouldn't you be telling them, like, I need your last name because he's dating three Jennifers. <laughs> but the things are like, no, because all your girlfriends are stupid. <laughs> what kind of, this is cannibalism. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat your own. Um, they were they very protective of you? They don't care uh, who I date in terms of um, if she's good or good or bad to me. They just would like to judge her. Uh-huh. Well. Like, true sisters, they're like, oh, I don't care who you marry. You ain't worth shit. But but this girl is a whore. <laughs> and I'll tell it to her face. Um, it'll be very strange for me to actually introduce uh, my fiance to, not that I have one, but when I have one, I have to introduce her in the fiance stage to my sisters. Because I, I almost want to just bring her and be like, this is my wife. Yeah. Now try. <laughs> Too late. I don't want to hear your input. Is it possible for you to marry yourself? If I'm lucky, I mean, I'm just looking for a woman out there who has beautiful clothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a super requirement, though. That is, a, I, I definitely like when uh, people like clothing. But you, but you could perform their ceremony. That's a good point. Yeah. I probably could marry myself. Yes. What's true. more important, shoes or clothes? What's more important, Jews or clothes? <laughs> <coughs> shoes, shoes or clothes? <laughs> choice, choice or clothes? <laughs> I heard choice or clothes. <laughs> <laughs> What's more important? <laughs> for a man or for a woman? What, I forget what my question was. Uh, I believe it was Jews or clothes <laughs> for 500. <laughs> I think Jews are pretty important. I don't see them as separate, um, Jews and clothes. <laughs> no, I don't see shoes and clothes as separate. No. I really feel like they should both be on point. Yeah, I agree. But what's more important, say, like, personality or clothing? She can be mean and awful if she has great style. Really? No, really. that is a wrong answer. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> you can Virgo. change. Well, you you could Virgo. dress somebody easily. I would never dress anyone. No, 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 no. Because you know they get resent- people get resentful when you dress them. The next thing you know, they come out um, and they're they're dressed completely opposite, and that's the day you know you're getting broken uh-huh. up. <laughs> like, why do you have two pigtails? You used to have the fair faucet going. Like, I wanted to try something different. Like, uh oh, <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> yes. Um, and I do kind of believe that you want to find people as they are. Uh, you know, if you're already well-dressed, you're well-dressed. Mm. So no Pygmalion action for you. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> you're not going to uh, uh, remake them. How can, how can a man ever remake a woman? Mm. He just looked out the window with a pensive <laughs> glance when he said that. <laughs> Who is out there? A, li- a tattooed lady. Yeah, with a mohawk. She works at Cheetahs. Oh, and that's Starlight. <laughs> And that is my thing is that even though that she may not necessarily look like my type, she's actually more my type because of the full tattoos and mohawk. 
is that at least you have some style. She has a consistent style. Yes. She's committed. Yes. Is there anything you do not like in any ladies? Something that would be a deal breaker immediately? Oh, I hate no. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about hoarders for a minute? Hoarders. Hoarders. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> one of my most favorite things in Thank the world. Thank you. That makes me pathetic. <laughs> that really is one of my only favorite videos. And I don't, I don't mean to, you know, shit on all the other videos that I made. But I, li- I really like that one. I, I just rewatched that again. It's great. I, I wanted to know why we were not uh, invited to be some whores. Um, <laughs> should we, <laughs> should we should say what it is. It's a, yes. it's a short on Funny or Die. Yes. And it, uh, it is a starring uh, Brandon. And what is your name in it? I believe it is Captain P. Why? You know, people, when I give you a real pimp name, like Delicious, it's just, it's crazy that people go, that, that, that's never been a pimp's name. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Captain P. I'm like, no <laughs> pimp would ever have Captain P as a name. It's not flashy enough. Um, and they're like, is it Captain Pimp? And I'm like, I guess so. Sure. But then I was like, Thaddeus is what I wanted it to be. Like, yeah, Captain, Captain P does not sound like a pimp name. It doesn't. Not really. That but sounds we'll like take a it. stupid uh, uh, superhero. <laughs> a superhero, you know? Captain um, P. I had never played a pimp. I refuse to play pimps because I have nephews um, and I won't play the pimps or like drug dealers really. Mm. But um, the girl who wrote it was Vietnamese. And I was like... She's the lady that's in it with you? Yes. Okay. Um, And I was like, well, if another minority asked me to play a stereotype, I'll do it. But but I won't do it if like, you know, somebody else is asking me. So that was the only time that I ever really wanted to play a pimp. And I was super nervous about it. So all day I was kissing the ass of, of the 30 female extras <laughs> because of what I was going to say to them later on the day. <laughs> um, so all day I was just like, please, uh, do, would you like, is anyone coffee or donuts or anything? And I just want to tell you guys that this is not who I am at all and that this is just a sketch. And if any of it makes you uncomfortable, please. And then when we shot it, I was like, shut up, bitch! <laughs> um, what is the premise of it? The premise is that, uh, like like the show Hoarders, uh, this is a man who is obviously um, hoarding way too many prostitutes in his house and doesn't know that he has a problem. Um, so the show very gracefully comes by and uh, illustrates to him that he has maybe a, a whore hoarding problem. Um, that's the term, Hoarders. Um, and it's great, because there are little moments of like, oh, she just turned 18. Like he has to keep her because she's high class and she's brand new. It's it's what holders do when they they try to justify where they are keeping their uh, possessions. Yeah, at one point he tries to sneak uh, a few prostitutes through the back door, <laughs> um, <laughs> which you should check out the video for. Yeah, so, we don't want to say too much, but yeah. uh, I will say that your hair in that is lovely, amazing. For all of you who don't know what a finger weave is, <laughs> it's um think like Jean Harlow's blonde hair. <laughs> With waves in it, mm-hmm. only black and on a man. <laughs> <laughs> we had a um, very small budget, so we wrapped gold chains around my fingers to make it look like I had a matching set of rings. Oh. Um, and the white suit and the white tie is all mine. You, when, when you're a comedian, you're just like, you wait, you wait. Because yeah. you get that wig and then you get a white suit and you're like, please, God, let there be an occasion for all of this to come together. Yeah, I had to wait uh, like three years to use my leprechaun costume that I bought once at a clothing store, uh, costume store closeout. So, <laughs> but I used hilarious. it. I sure used it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Yes, it's a great, uh, uh, great sketch. You should check it out on a funny or die. Uh, you know, there's another one, uh, Token, which I saw. Token, also one of my favorites, done with a lovely Kulap Balasak, where we get to poke fun at the fact that sometimes you're the only minority in a room or at a party, which is. You know, I've been telling that joke for years, but but now I think that we're more we're farther along as a society. People are actually able to complain about integration, and one one of the complaints of integration is like, 
you'll get to a party and you'll see like another minority and you're like, hey man, you gotta go, dude. You gotta go. Only so much uh, uh, democratic feeling and liberal ideal in this room. You know, if we get here, it's gonna look like the deck of a slave ship. You see two of us, you think it's a mutiny. Um, so you gotta go, homie. <laughs> you need to hang out in Culver City. I'm in Los Feliz right now, bruh. It almost makes you sort of more racist to your own kind. Like it was gonna walk up to be like, they ain't bringing out no fried chicken, homie. You need to leave, dude. <laughs> um, or it's the complete opposite, where like the other minority is a complete asshole and comes over and he's like, "Hey, man, looks like we're the only two chips in this cookie." And you're like, um, "I know these dudes, man. <laughs> it's actually my house, bro. <laughs> so I don't know who you know here, but you might want to leave." Um, so token is great because it's cool I'm playing the only Asian in a, an all-white town, and then uh, I am the only black there. And we are eventually bested by another minority. I won't tell you what the end is, but I hope you like robots. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> so these can be seen on Funny or Die, right? Funny or Die, yeah. um, one of the great comedy channels that has uh, sprouted up. Mm-hmm. Just look for his name. You'll mm-hmm. find it in many other videos as well. We have a bunch on there, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I made a bunch with Jerry O'Connell and Jerry Minor. And, um, there's a Jonah Ray one with Mike Bush. There's, I just watched that one as well. I like that one. Yes. It's one of my favorites Which as one well. is that? It Hold is Up, I think it's called. No, or Pulled Over. Pulled Over with mm. Brandon Johnson. Why is your name in the title of that one? I think that at some point people thought that I was going to be more famous than I actually wound up being. Um, so they dropped my name in it because they were like, with Brandon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they did it, but you, I like it. You're still right. Your star is still ascending. Thank, it on. is very much so. There's, there's a great phrase that is, it's better to be the next big thing than yesterday's old news. Like You do kind of want to be like the next big thing all of your career. You don't want yeah. you don't want him to be like, oh, Brandon Johnson. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> you don't want him to be like, damn it! Why won't somebody give you a break? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that every year. <laughs> I have a a million dollar house. Why won't somebody give me a break? <laughs> uh, I think we all know people. Well, I know a lady, for example, who had a beautiful house because she was on failed pilot after failed pilot. That's, true. That's not a bad thing to have. Also, we do what we do regardless of the outcome. Um, I would still be, I hate to say this, but I would still be telling jokes and trying to make people laugh, whether I was paid or not, or whether they were theaters or not. I would be, you know, standing outside of a bus stop doing it or whatever. So I'm not, I'm never really upset about where I am in life. Um, I'm always surprised that I actually made it this far. Because remember, I'm a high school dropout. So the fact that I uh, have any career in a field that I have no study in is, I'm super psyched about, you know. I think just staying in the industry is really the way that you get to be successful there's just so many people i think who try it for a couple years and go oh it didn't happen i'm done and they should leave and they should leave leave. leave. and And they do (laughs) they do that's the thing if you wouldn't do it for free then it's going to be hard to ask for money for it and since i really never thought that i would be on tv or um be standing in front of a group of people telling jokes for money it's all been gravy since the Mm -hmm. first day that I was able to do it. So every day after that, it's been like, what? Like it, you almost get sick of me being surprised. <laughs> like, I got what? I get to do a part on a TV show. I'm like, yes, Brandon, you've been doing it for years. It's like, but I'm always <laughs> amazed by it, you know. That's good. That's gratitude. Gratitude is very important. There's a lot of gratitude, not a lot of attitude. (laughs) You kids should learn. And I do get to work with all of my heroes. Um, Sometimes even after I find out that these people are my heroes, I was always very lucky to work with people without necessarily seeing their entire body of work. And then to have contributed 
you know, to their body of work and then been like, that's Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's things like that that have been super blessings. It's no wonder that you're doing all this. You're very naturally charismatic and you have tons of energy. And Well, I love pussy. So that <laughs> that's, that's what I was. <laughs> we were just getting to that. No. So, so cute his roots to that <laughs> statement. See how I try to just tear it down. <laughs> Stop calling me nice. I'm hard. People should be afraid of me. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I will kill a baby. <laughs> oh, we good. Actually, yeah, I'd actually like to keep going. If yeah. we could. There's a lot of stuff I haven't worked out. Well, we could just cut on numbers. pussy. <laughs> So sorry that I stepped on. I heard you doing it. I was like, "That's the uh, the clothes are branded." Whoops! It wasn't. No, I didn't know where we were going with it. I just wanted to tell you. I mean, thank you. Just trying to say something nice. That's all. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Brandon Johnson. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, look, look, uh, everyone, come to Lucha Vavum and see um, uh, Reverend. What's the What's the name that I like? The other one. I believe you like uh, Reverend Greasy Dick. Uh, Yes. He to me he will always be Reverend Greasy Dick, which I just learned about today. Uh, it's spelled differently than you imagine. It's like a but German, German word. It's a, it's one of my favorite characters that Barnum does. So much. Come to Lucha Vavum and see him live, or try to find him on the internet. Good luck. <laughs> 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 Au revoir. Thank you so much for coming. Au revoir. Au revoir. Over. <laughs>